Getting the smile and confidence you've been dreaming about all from the comfort of your home isn't a total mystery with Bite Clear Aligners. Just don't be surprised if all your friends start asking, what's your secret? Begin by ordering your at-home impression kit today for only $14.95. Bite Clear Aligners are doctor-directed and delivered to your door. Treatment costs thousands less than braces, plus they offer flexible financing, accept eligible insurance, and you can pay with your HSA FSA. Get 80% off your impression kit when you use code WONDERY at Byte.com. That's B-Y-T-E dot Start your confidence journey today with Byte. Hey, all seven rounds in heaven is back. We're brought to you by Sports Drink. There are no good teams in college football this year. AJ, fact or fiction? Uh, there's one good team in college football this year. And they won 63-10? Exactly. The University of Michigan. I saw, actually, I opened ESPN today. And it's like bold predictions for the college football season. Michigan makes the playoffs, question mark? So there you nice. go. Uh, it is I, Rob Paul, a.k.a. one of many who believes QB1 is in the SEC. Is it Bo Nix? Maybe. And with me, as always, is AJ. Nebraska should have never left the Big 12, Marchese. That's just a fact. I mean, now that they're Big 10 tough, they can give the best team in the Big 12 a run for their money. Well, yeah, the worst Big Ten team is the better than the best, or almost as good as the best Big 12 team. Correct. Today we're talking all the NFL draft prospects who showed out and got shut up in week three of college football. Let's hit it. Going out to Vegas, gonna set my draft, gonna set my draft. On fire. Seven. 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 Seven rounds in heaven with my lady. Driving out to Vegas, baby. Looking for a Stingley or Thibodeau. Who's gonna bat it on draft day? Who's gonna wager future picks away? Who's gonna reach for a blue blood lineman? The home team. Let's go seven rounds. Let's go seven rounds together. Let's go seven rounds forever. And that's a song. When I'm watching the Emmys, I'm usually drinking a sports drink, but when I'm sports drinking, I'm not normally watching the Emmys. So head to sportsdrink.org, because the website is officially launched, and they are the podcast network we are a part of. And when we're not podcasting, we're normally Spotify greenrooming. Ain't that right, AJ? Uh, It takes up most of my free time, Rob. How many Spotify greenrooms did you do for the Emmys last night? Uh, I was doing one specifically about Conan maybe being drunk and stealing the show. Uh, that was intertwined with doing one, uh, just trying to figure out what the crown is and why they win mm. all these did, things. Did you figure it out? No. No, not really. Interesting, interesting. Um, congrats to every sports media member who trumpets Ted Lasso. <laughs> no one hates Spotify Ted Lasso like Rob. 
<laughs> Spotify Green Room, your live audio-only sports talk platform that's free to download and to use. Talk to me, other fans, athletes, and insiders in real time. Well, not me, but AJ. Perfect for watch parties, debates, post-game breakdowns, and reacting to breaking news. Share your own experiences on the app. All you need to do is download Spotify Green Room free in the iOS App Store. Create a profile, link your Twitter, join the group, and be notified when people's rooms go live. Uh, and come with your spiciest takes. You got a lot of spicy takes based off uh, week three college football? Or I guess, wait, yeah, that was week three, right? Yeah, I know. Yeah. For some reason, I didn't think it was either. When I was like, just looking through, I'm like, week three? Yes, week three. Uh, no, I got a, <laughs> a lot of mild takes, Rob. Okay, okay. It's I'm good. excited to hear them. You should be. Um, let's let's just, I don't know. I don't have very many takes. Ohio State sucks. Uh, the state of college, college football should fold. What do you think? No, no, no. Michigan's good. We college football is good this year. Okay. <laughs> oh, is it? Yeah. Is anyone good? Okay. Right now, um, how many how how many teams are you certain will be in the playoff? Um, Alabama, and that's only... the answer was four. Okay, sorry. Name them. <laughs> Okay, yeah, Alabama, like Georgia, we, we AJ and I were together this past Saturday, and we were saying, I, this was before Alabama kind of let Florida back into it, but AJ was saying how Alabama and Georgia are the only good teams. Is this still true to you? Yeah, but it's like uh, Alabama's clearly not the powerhouse they've looked like, but we also know Miami's a fucking disaster, so that that win looks even worse. Uh, I just, if, if the SEC was tougher... I guess I guess the bottom's a little better than usual, but there's no other like real big threat that they're going to see on the schedule like, um, that the, that could just looking, topple them. Yeah, looking at the AP top twenty five right now, like okay, it's Bama, it's Georgia, totally makes sense. Oregon's already three. I don't trust them to, uh, to make the playoffs. Uh, me neither. OU's four. Mm. They didn't look very good against Nebraska. Iowa's five, Penn State's six. Penn State got the big win against Auburn. Yep. Iowa the big win against Iowa State. <clears throat> Texas A&M seven, Haven't and we know how they look. They did not look good against Colorado. Uh, and then Cincinnati eight, and like after uh, the, then everyone after them is uh, either not looked that amazing or has already lost a game. But right now we're saying are any teams good? But Come come early November, maybe we're like they're all good. Who the hell's gonna make the playoffs? And I think that's way more fun than saying okay, we got. These. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, if you had to make a prediction to well, you do have to because it's yeah, part okay. of the mandate. This is in your contract uh, to make a prediction after week three of college football. Who are the four teams in the playoff? Um, Alabama. Yeah, Georgia, but I guess four because Alabama beats That's the them. That's the four Whatever. Okay. Yeah. Um, but I don't know. Would they even put them four if they're one and two and then it's a close loss in this title game? I don't know. Um, anyways, Oklahoma because the Big 12's not good. Okay. And Ohio State because it's the Big Ten still. So you still got like four of the – the, the, the usual. Yeah, so I think like it can go two ways where no one is good, so it makes a really fun year but the, with lots of close games and some upsets. But then at the end, they're like, okay, we just go back to the Blue Bloods and you're in. 
or it could go the total opposite way and it's complete chaos and that's what i hope for and that's what the early seasons kind of hinted at a little bit but um mm-hmm. I look when push comes to shove the committee is cowards and they're boring so, so that's how i'm i'm predicting right now yeah i think that's uh that that's the probably the right prediction i hope I do hope, like, Bam and Georgia have looked like the two best teams. Yeah, for sure. I hope those other two somehow are Oregon and Iowa. <laughs> I think I would, that... I would love to see a random, like, not random, but, like, a non-classic Big Ten team make this play- I, playoff. Okay, look, obviously the, the year we got Bama-Georgia title game, it was a really good game. But I didn't, I'm going to be honest, I, I didn't enjoy it because we got them in the SEC championship game. And then we got them again you in the title enjoy game. one of the greatest games of all time? I didn't enjoy the season as an overall. Like, I didn't enjoy it as much as okay, I should the game, have. Not the game. You're not saying the game itself. No, the t- game was obviously great. But it, okay. the enjoyment came out of it for me because it was just like the SEC title game again. And it was literally in Atlanta. And it just felt like that was a sign of, like, this whole thing is just SEC. And I don't know. That was almost like the first indication of college football losing some of some of the luster for me, I don't know, and I, and then it continued with COVID for, for obviously reasons that college football could not control. But I'm hoping that a chaotic, fucking wacky season brings back my love for it, my you know my full hearted love. I know you haven't lost any of it, but I don't know I the corporate football. the way like not paying not players being able to make money that's great, but all the other you know just super conferences going that way, the the Big Twelve dying and stealing from these, all the stuff just the way we're going is like. College football losing its heart, in my opinion, and I, I don't. Yeah, know. and that's why you're an NFL, you're an NFL fan. There's so much heart. In Look, the NFL. they commit to the corporate is. Don't be in between. Don't pretend what you're not. The NFL knows that they're just corporate. All right, all right. I've heard enough of your slander. Let's get into it. Week three superlatives. Yeah. Let's get into the freshmen. Um, who who? I mean, there's. I think there's three blatantly obvious freshmen to pick from. Josh um, McRae, Iowa. I mean, Iowa, Illinois. Illinois? Yeah, that's a blatantly uh, is, obvious one, obviously. Okay, so is he your first pick? No, it's Travion Henderson, the one bright spot for Iowa State. Yeah, so Travion Henderson, we'd heard the hype, five-star, number one running back in the country. Uh, wasn't handed the, the job immediately. We saw flashes early. Then he ran for 277, three touchdowns against Tulsa, and was the only good player in the whole game Yeah, for Ohio State? Yeah, I think so. Oh, well, sorry. Exclude, ex, let's exclude the offensive line from that. Right. But, uh, yeah, yeah Tra- Trayvon Henderson, I mean, I think 56-yard touchdown, 48-yard touchdown run, and then like a five-yard touchdown run. But just the, the, the fluidity, the burst, the contact balance, and he's 18. This is this year's Bijan Robinson, but Ohio State actually gives them touches. <laughs> yeah, but I mean, week one almost looked like I mean, I was going to say they're not going to use him the whole season, but they, you know, they really eased him in where he he showed off the the burst and the explosiveness on the seventy six yard um, screen pass that he took against against Minnesota. But other than that, only a couple carries, and now they've turned to him, uh, saying, "Hey, I think you're well, maybe not the best player on offense, but." Obviously, the best thing we got in the running game, and we can when Shroud isn't doing so hot, and the rest of our team is not doing so hot, we can lean on you, and that's that's extremely impressive as a freshman. Yeah, three games in, 
433 yards from scrimmage, averaging 10.6 a touch and five touchdowns. He is the future. Let's let's uh, let's keep on riding him, riding day. Um, I'll go to maybe a less obvious running back combo, actually. Oh. From the the Raging Cajun, uh, they played Ohio on Thursday night. Um, it was kind of close for a bit, but then they ran away with it. Uh, Imani Bailey and Montrell Johnson. Mm-hmm. Uh, Bailey, redshirt freshman. Montrell Johnson, a true freshman. They combined for 173 yards and four touchdowns on the ground. Uh, I thought ba- they, Montrell Johnson scored all four touchdowns. I thought Bailey was was um, was the better back. Just consistently breaking first contact. Both of them were running like angry. Bailey's a, a little bit bigger. Montreal Johnson's a little undersized, but it looks like Billy uh, Napier's got another another great running back trio uh, with with Chris Smith as well with those two. Yeah, actually, I was going to cheat a little bit. I didn't have a small school guy that really stood out, so I was going to do the ULL running backs, and Chris Smith is draft eligible as a third year sophomore. And he, he had another touchdown, 68 yards. And, yeah, all three of them were were really, really, really cooking, man. And, yeah, I think Bailey looked really good. Johnson looked really good. They're just, like, uh, they're, they're, they're all pretty well-rounded backs, too. It, it was really impressive, just them running down the throat of the Bobcats. Yeah, and, and it's funny because Bailey and Montreal Johnson, both, like, Bailey's 5'8", 197. Mm-hmm. I could have sworn while watching him, he w- he was at least two ten. Yeah, I know the the running style. Yeah, even Chris uh, Smith is it, like a little stouter, five nine one ninety four, but yeah, not not a bigger dude either. No, they 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 feel bigger. I, I definitely agree. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and then Mont- Montreal Johnson's a little larger, but I mean, we're seeing what Elijah Mitchell's already doing in the NFL. Billy Napier, running back factory at Louisiana. Accurate. Hey, Trey Regas, active roster too, baby. Oh yeah. Um. Who else you got? Uh, Josh McCray, Illinois. <laughs> Speaking of running back factory, look, this is a low key one, but uh, we watched that game Friday night, and uh, he got banged up. But he is a massive man at six one two forty. Broke a huge touchdown run. Uh, eight carries. I didn't realize he was that big. He's big, man. But he's like, like he looked big, but he was moving so well. Yeah, yeah, he's moving well and shedding tackles. Um, but it's like. You know, he, he's got, like, Alabama running back size where, like, like obviously Derrick Henry is massive, but, like, you know, it's all clean weight. And McRae, I mean, in uniform, obviously, looks like that too where it's just, like, massive thighs and just a, a wide-shouldered dude. And I'm like, how did this – I mean, Brett Bielema working his magic, but I'm like, how did this guy end up – I think he went to school high school in Alabama too. Um, how did he end up at Illinois? Because he looks yeah, like – he looks like he's built for the SEC. I mean – the Big Ten's a different breed, but you know what I mean. He's built for the SEC, and yeah, he had a really good game. Got banged up, but um, they turned to him, and and he kind of kind of gave him the spark. They didn't win, but um, no, nah, I want to see more of him. I want to see more of him. Okay, Jackson Dart at USC. The freshman, none of us expected to see quite yet. Um, who who has a really interesting story because he was kind of uh, a, a quarterback recruit who was flying under the radar because he's playing high school ball in Utah. Mm-hmm. Um, and due to COVID, like, it, it didn't – He, I think he was a three-star. and But then Utah ended up playing the season. And when a lot of other quarterback recruits around the country weren't playing, he, he was lighting it up. And I think he ended up being the Gatorade Player of the Year and shot up the rankings. Uh, 
and uh, actually had, because of his commitment to USC, USC's other four-star commit, um, uncommitted and went to Miami. Anyway, long story short, he, he came in for an injury kid in Slovis, and two bad interceptions, but other than that, like four, ran, uh, ran pretty well, threw four touchdowns, threw for 391, let a comeback win after being down 14 nothing to Wazoo to win 45-14. He made some big boy throws to Drake London. Uh, he, to me, I don't think I don't think Caden Slovis is going to be the starting quarterback at USC anymore. Um, Dart, his arm is so much more live. He's a lot more mobile. Uh, he was he uh, he was probably one of my five favorite players to watch this week. Especially with um, the regime change. I mean, the new regime isn't there yet, but uh, Helton out. Maybe there's you know there's there's no allegiances to to Keenan Slovis anymore. You know what I mean? And they're trying to see what they can make happen. I, I don't. Yeah, I would definitely not be surprised if, if it's Dart from here on out until he proves uh, it isn't. Yeah, because uh, Slovis apparently is going to be okay, but they're going to battle it out for the starting job now. And I mean that doesn't bode well for. Maybe we'll talk about Caden Slovis, Slovis for sliding down the board, but uh, no way he's a guy he's who. Up. A guy who had a great freshman year, a, uh, a sophomore slump, and hadn't really looked good in his no. limited games this year. And, and now, who knows if he's even the starter. Caden Silvis could be uh, the next big transfer portal quarterback. <gasps> Whoa. Which, it, it's really interesting to think about that because, I mean, JT Daniels got hurt at USC. Caden Silvis took the job. Now Caden Silvis gets hurt. Is Jackson Dark going to take the job? Where's Slovis going to transfer? Call your shot before it even... <laughs> It's even a real thought. Uh, he's going to stay in the Pac-12 and go play for our boy at Arizona. Jed Fish would do wonders with him. Uh, Jed Fish is changing how things happen in Tucson. I heard you got Arizona plus the points later against Oregon. Mm, I That's correct. No, I'm money line. I'm just doing money line this week. Uh, uh, do, you have, do you have any other freshmen? Nah, I think to- Bryce Young deserves a bit of a shout-out, but... Uh, because Alabama didn't look great in the second half, it kind of got overshadowed. But yeah, I uh, wrote Bryce him Young down. Is doing everything right. Yeah, I wrote him down to talk about. Yeah, it just wasn't a flashy game. But no, he, he showed all the stuff that you want to see from a freshman quarterback. Still, just poise, and he had like twenty-two of thirty-five, two forty-three touchdowns. Like, uh, if if he was a freshman at any other school, really, you would think that's a good yeah. game, and it was a good game. I'm just yeah, in the swamp. Yeah, he's he's losing the starting job. Anyways, uh, sophomore, uh, for the sake of transitioning, I'll stick at, uh, at Bama. I thought Will Anderson was really great again. Who seven tackles, a couple TFLs. Just I don't. know. I think he's been the flashiest and most impressive sophomore defender uh, through the start yeah. of the season. Yeah, I think you could argue um, maybe just the best sophomore in general. Yeah, you yeah you could. There's a couple pass catchers I think you'd throw into that conversation, but he he's kind of the game wrecker. Mm-hmm. Um, and on and an Alabama defense that Nick Saban keeps uh, mfering, but uh, he he kind of seems like their best player. Yeah, and it's it's constantly not just as a pass rusher; it's also making big plays in the running game, which mm-hmm. sometimes you don't see from a, from underclassmen, quote unquote, pass rushers, edge players, right? So I think that's that's been really impressive. Um, I'll stick in the SEC. Despite the loss to Penn State, Tank, Tank Bigsby. Bigsby was 
Yeah. Tank Bigsby is doing everything he possibly can for Auburn. Ran for 100 yards, two scores. Um, and that Penn State defense is very, very good. Uh, but, but, yeah, Bigsby just such a physical yeah. specimen. Just such a, a an angry runner. Um, he's going to be one of those backs that I think generates a ton of buzz next summer. Oh, yeah. I mean, I think PFF is already like saying he's the best running back in the country, which I say pump the brakes on it, but... Mm-hmm. Uh, no, he definitely is going to have the big buzz. Uh, it's so far away, I don't want to say any, call any shots. I, I don't I know, know if he's a first-round back yet, but he, I think he'll definitely be him and Robinson the, the duking it out for RP1 this time next year. Well, and Deuce Vaughn. Oh, he's fun as hell. Yeah, Big Speed's great. <laughs> no, no, I said and Deuce Vaughn. Oh, and Deuce Vaughn. And That's Big the second fun. time this ep- this second time this episode you thought I said something else. Uh, I said in the swamp earlier about Bryce Young, and I think you said thought I said something about him being in a benched. slump. Yeah, I did. I did think <laughs> enunciate, Robert. Enunciate. Uh, okay. Speaking of enunciating, you know who made his words felt? I don't know what that means. Josh Downs, UNC receiver. Yeah. Uh, he was the only wide receiver on, on uh for Sam Howell. Eight catches, two oh three, two touchdowns. Had that sick one in the in the end zone there. Uh, week one he flashed a bit. He kind of looked like the only only pass catcher for them too, and uh, he's exploding. And he he looks like the next. I think I said this week one. He looks like the next in line for the that UNC um the great UNC wide receiver lineage. Yeah, Virginia had no answers for him. He was just blowing by everyone. He's currently second in the country in receiving yards now. Um, and, yeah, I don't know. I I, I think it, it'll only the, – the hype will only build because Sam Howell doesn't have a lot else to yeah. to throw to currently. Yeah. Um, yeah, Downs is a guy. One other guy I want to mention, Naquan Wright, who didn't have a huge, huge game against Alabama. But uh, as a third back – for the Gators, eight touches, seventy-six total yards, and he had that that uh, on that ninety-nine-yard drive that they had, um, that kind of brought them back into it with Bama. He was doing a lot of the work on the ground. Yeah, no, he was. I I'll stick in the state of Florida. Uh, another low-key one, <clears throat> uh, another running back, uh, Johnny Richardson's UCF's Johnny Richardson. That is, uh, kind of a like he had only had nine carries, but had a hundred run yards on them. 5'9", 170, but runs hard. I was getting endeared to, I think we both do, endeared to those guys that aren't the biggest but play big, especially at the running back position. Uh, I thought he was fun, so just kind of a – and Bowser was was banged up the whole game. and It was it was also the game of the century. It was the game of the century. Uh, Bowser's banged up, so they didn't lean on him. And they, they when Bowser's in there, they, they lean on him. It's kind of fun. Um, obviously, uh, the Cardinals win, and more on that – Right, right in a second, but no, I thought Richardson kind of just like not a big time. I like to throw in a little low key one. And I thought he just got a fun, a fun dude to include here. Yeah, let's let's move to weekday warrior where I think Malik Cunningham, just in terms of the warrior <laughs> moniker, deserves it more than anyone. Not even as a prospect, just gutting it out against UCF and in, in one of the wildest games you'll see this season, ending. Uh, Back-to-back interceptions, one going for a pick six as time expired for for Louisville to win, and Dylan Gabriel breaking his clavicle on the play, too. Mm-hmm. Um, but that entire game, Malik Cunningham, which I, th- I think we both thought UCF was going to win, maybe not destroy them, but definitely win, 
And uh, Cunningham just put the team on his back, ran for 99 yards, threw for 265, three total scores, um, and, and was banged up as hell and just kept making crazy plays. Uh, they also, both teams scored on uh, double passes, which I really game. appreciated. Yeah, it was a really fun game. Perfect uh, Friday night game. Yeah, I, I thought it was funny that like I was writing this up. Obviously, the pick is Malik Cunningham for me, too. Um, and, like... Weekday Warrior, we've really turned into who actually was a warrior. And originally, we just picked the name because of alliteration purposes. Um, but no, he was the warrior. Like, the true warrior spirit of uh, hobbling around, staying in the game, delivering the W. I think prospect-wise, um, off of sophomore year, remember there was some hype there? And I saw it a bit. You see the glimpses of it. He's been a very, very, very up-and-down quarterback. Oh, I think one of the mm-hmm. most in the country. He just doesn't get that much attention. Um, when the hides are there, he looks like someone who can, you know, throw his name in the ring for for the for the draft purposes. I'm not saying he's going to get drafted, but up there. And when he's bad, he's he's really bad. But um, I think one thing you he's can't fun, question: though. he's fun as hell. There's two things you can't question: he's fun he's as, hell, as hell, and he, he's got a big heart, and he's, he seems like a really good dude too. So um, love that, love that. But uh, yeah, I'm cheering for him. I've always I'm always been cheering for him, and he, he was great. And that was a huge win over UCF. Uh, so he obviously filled the, filled the need for the warrior, but uh, in terms of prospect, I thought the the most impressive weekday prospect was uh, Maryland safety Nick Cross, who did get banged up uh, a bit against Illinois, but um, had a pick, had an unbelievable pass breakup in the end zone, and had another pass breakup. He's a guy who looks like one of those uh, great um, deep cover safeties, just with. His range, his fluidity, and I, I like his size a lot. He's six one two ten. He was get he was tangling up in the in the run game a little bit too. I think he's a prospect that's going to be rising a ton. Yeah, that's a that's a good one. And, and just to stick in Maryland, uh, Dante Demas didn't have the massive game that we hoped for, but I think that's more so because Maryland's offense just yeah. wasn't that good. But he did yeah. lead the way, eight catches, seventy seventy yards, uh, no no TDs this week. Look good. I I think every time he catches the ball, he looks good though. I Big fan of Demas. Um, Rakeem Jarrett, that, that's a good duo of wide receivers. And uh, Tungo Veloa is a good quarterback. It just, 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 I don't know, man. Illinois is a tricky place to play, apparently, sometimes. Well, I mean, Nebraska lost to Illinois, and Nebraska almost beat Oklahoma. So is Illinois the, the third best team in the country? <laughs> They're up there. They are up there. On any given Friday, Saturday, or Thursday, a Big Ten team can win. That's what I always say. I think, I mean, we've gotten a lot of them early in the season, but I think these, like, Friday night Big Ten games should be a staple. I think they should keep doing this. Yeah, yeah, like, n- not not necessarily, like, I, I, I'm assuming, like, in the vein of the Maryland-Illinois game, like, not the... No, you never going to put... Michigan don't need, no. need to be playing those nights. No, no, no. But, but, like... but yeah, yeah. Like, I, I'd love if this Friday we, we got, like... I know Rutgers plays Michigan this Friday, but or this Saturday. But, like, if we could get, like, a Rutgers-Maryland or a Rutgers-Michigan State, like, those types of games, I, I would like that. See, I, I think... I always think it's a good idea that, like... Like, if a program commits to playing a lot of night games... I know it's more on a conference level, but, like... Like, think about if Maryland committed. I mean, obviously, they're doing a really good job uh, building that program with Mike Loxley. But say a program like Maryland committed to just being, like, a Friday night school. And maybe not every week, but often. And, and you know, you're getting a lot of eyes uh, on national audience-wise. So it's like I, I think the, that's the, a good the idea. Same, this, you're, so you're essentially you're saying, like, kind of 
what Maction's doing exactly. on Tuesday, Wednesdays, but more of a specifically a school on a Friday. I think that'd be a good like branding idea. It'd be cool. I think even just for a conference to put like mm-hmm. more of their middle tiers, like yeah, if you got two Big Ten teams or two like this this Friday, we've got two ACC teams in Wake Forest and Virginia. If uh, a Power Five conference does kind of two of their middle tier teams playing on Friday nights, like I know a lot of people probably aren't interested, but I think there's a, a large audience that is really interested in that, especially if it's not a late game, like if it's a if kick seven or whatever or six thirty even. Yeah, fr- Friday night's the bad TV night, but like f- if you're a program or a game, that's not going to get a lot of eyes anyways, especially when you're if you're playing it on a crowded noon kickoff or 3.30 kickoff on a Saturday, uh, you might as well get all of the eyes rather than 1% of the eyes, right? I, I don't know. I don't know the ratings, obviously, but I think that would be interesting. Maybe the alliance yeah. comes up with like an hey, intertwined, interconference Friday night hey, showcase game. Why are you putting this out there to the world? You should charge the alliance for this idea. Well, my, my goal is to become the supreme commissioner of the alliance. The commissioner. One day. Okay, let's, let's keep the, the show rolling. Let's keep the show rolling. It's a good idea, but let's keep the show rolling. I think this uh, is jumping the show. into. Oh, okay. we're just an alliance-based show. Yeah, yeah, we are. Be- best prospect. Fun. Who? Who is the best? Uh, let's start with defense because I think it's obvious. Okay, someone who should be a I part of the alliance. <laughs> really, I didn't have an offensive, uh, an obvious offensive. Uh, defensive, I, I went with Kyle Hamilton. I think that's very obvious. Uh, agreed. You, you didn't say anything. Uh, you said a lot of things really fast. Kyle Hamilton is my defensive prospect of the week. Is that the obvious choice? Yes. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Sorry. Ten tackles, a PBU, a pick. Uh, the pick was a very much right place, right time, but great mm-hmm. football players put themselves in the right place at the right time. It was still a really impressive interception, too, in the back of the end zone. Um, I think the most impressive play was that uh, TFL on fourth and one, yeah, where he just mm. – Crazy range, cr- crazy speed. Uh, fourth and one, and they needed obviously a yard, and he makes it for a TFL. And like he, and he, clo- was, he, he was, he closed like ten yards so quickly. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. He he was running the alley and just mm-hmm. was. Yeah, he was playing like deep, not deep, deep, but like yeah, ten yards off the ball in the middle, like single high, and just flew down. And he doesn't make that tackle. That's a huge run. Yeah. It was. It was like just him. Yeah, like the, the the one defender I figured was kind of strung it out a little bit, but uh, no, the the back was getting to the edge, and uh, he kind of split between the defenders, and uh, yeah, that was a huge tackle. Um, no, I think Hamilton was clearly the, the best defensive prospect, and it's I don't know watching him when the rest of the Notre Dame uh, Notre Dame defense isn't that great, just makes him look even better at times, which is weird for a defensive prospect. You, you know what I mean? Yeah, usually defense I, is such a, a unit, and you gotta like have guys around you to, to shine. But he he doesn't. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I I think you hit the the nail on the head when you you said Kyle Pitts, Kyle Hamilton is this year's Kyle Pitts. Yeah, uh, name you, name your like, children. Kyle is I think is the key takeaway. Yes, but it's just gonna be like Kyle Hamilton's gonna for the most part be the best defensive prospect like almost every week because he just does things no one else can do, and he does those things because he is. 6'4", 215, ridiculous range, ridiculous ball skills, ridiculous instincts, great tackler. Like, there's very few things to poke a hole in with him, and uh, 
Yeah, you saw it again against Purdue with Drew Brees on the call. <laughs> he he sounded like he was shooting for Notre Dame, which makes me sick to my stomach. Um, he should have been ex- insanely biased for Purdue. Uh, let me say one thing about Hamilton. Obviously, the draft people know how good Kyle Hamilton is. Um, college football people know how good Kyle Hamilton is. I don't think your average <clears throat> NFL fan uh, really knows how good he is yet, and I'm really excited for that to be discovered by the average NFL fan. Fair. You're, oh, are you just saying you're smarter than the average NFL fan? Smarter than the average bear too, buddy. Uh, my best offensive prospect was another easy choice, uh, actually, with Matt Corral. Mm-hmm. Matt Corral was unbelievable against Tulane in the pouring rain. I went back and I I, uh, I gave a, a very strong rewatch of that game. Uh, the delay kind of hurt us in yes. terms of watching it live on Saturday. Uh, I watched it today, actually. And threw for 335, three scores, completed 74% uh, of his throws, 68 rushing, four more rushing touchdowns, so seven total touchdowns against a Tulane team who had looked good and I thought was going to cover against Ole Miss. And Ole Miss took it to him like it was nothing. Uh, and he was just hitting deep ball after deep ball, um, a lot of them to Mingo. And he was doing a great job managing pressure because his offensive line really didn't play that great. More on that in a bit. Uh, and he also looked great. They called a couple QB draws where he looked great. He was making all the crazy um, deep ball throws and, and high-velocity throws and tight windows that he was making last year without the mistakes. The mistakes aren't there this year. The ball placement is even better, and he's not making the the kind of I'm just, my arm is so good, I'm going to try and fit this somewhere I shouldn't. He's not making those throws. Spencer Rattler is making those throws. Matt Corral isn't. Yeah. Matt Corral right now is shaping up to potentially be not only a Heisman candidate, but maybe the top quarterback in this class where a lot of the quarterbacks haven't lived up to their, maybe their, some of the summer potential and some taking the step a lot of people hope they take. Matt Corral is looking like he is, I know this was against Tulane, but they were they, good. And he hasn't played like, yeah, and they, he hasn't played like a big SEC school yet, but he is looking phenomenal, and he uh, he is one of the most exciting players in college football. Yeah, once he gets into the SEC schedule, that's the real test. But it's not even like, oh, this was against Tulane, because Spencer Rattler played Tulane two weeks ago and didn't look that good. So it's, like, it's kind of like not even fair to, to say that. Um, but no, the SEC is going to be the big test. You know what's kind of cool? Um, the other quarterback who – hasn't dinged his stock at all. We just haven't really gotten the eyes on him because he plays at Liberty, Malik Willis. Uh, we get to see Mackerel versus Malik Willis, I think, like over a month and a half from now. But the Hugh Freeze Bowl. That's going to be – that's a really cool head-to-head matchup, especially like – it's almost cooler that it's that late in the season where like – especially with how great Corral's been. Uh, that's going to be a lot of fun. So but yeah, like your pick. Every other quarterback is like kill their stock. Sorry, I just I thought you were gonna re- reply. My pick is uh, I kept it simple. Uh, Evan Neal for Alabama uh, wasn't a flashy game, but that's good for for an offensive tackle. Uh, most of the game he just manhandled uh, Brendan Cox. Uh, I don't know, he just kicked ass. And Cox like he didn't really have a bad game when he was lined up elsewhere. He dropped the pick, but uh, he had a sack later in the game uh, over the right tackle. Evan Neal just just dominated and it was like a quiet dominant performance uh looked bad like they weren't running the ball big time but he looked really really good in pass pro and just stonewalled whoever was across from him yeah he really did and, and 
um, even on the cock sack that you're mentioning, it w- that felt like it had a little more to do with uh, Bryce Young than it did uh, the right tackle. But yeah, yeah, Evan Neal, it, it was like like you said, it was a quiet game. But you, it that's a that's a like Al Villanueva said last night on uh, the Sunday Night Football broadcast when uh, no one's talking and mm-hmm. like no one's kind of focused on you. It's a good thing. Um, Evan Neal just shut it down, and that's what he has been doing. Um, okay. Jumping into just straight up shooting up the board. I'm I'm gonna start with John Dotson. Yeah. Who had ten grabs for seventy eight and a touchdown. Not mind boggling stats, but it felt like every grab he would make was just showing off his absurd ball skills. The touchdown in the back of the end zone was a great snag. He had a couple more great snags. Um and the vibe I was getting while I was watching him do this was Terry McLaurin. Now I'm not like saying Confident. he is Terry McLaurin. Yeah. But uh, just some of the, the 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 suddenness, the way he moves through his routes, and then some of the just absurd grabs he can make was giving me that vibe. And that's against an SEC defense. Yeah, Dotson was my I, – I kind of put Penn State together, but I put Dotson first because um, there's a lot of dudes you can – I'll get there on the, on the defensive side of the ball. Um, again, for, for Penn State. Um, yeah, no, I, I was a little low on him in the summer, and he's – done nothing but look great the first couple games and against Wisconsin and Auburn and um, legit competition and with a bad quarterback and with nothing except for except for Dr. Strange the new go go to tight end but nothing else around him on that Penn State offense (laughs) nothing nothing else around Dotson really he's he's doing it and yeah like you said 10 catches 78 not a monstrous game but no I he's 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 the engine of that Penn State offense right now yeah, no, he, he. It was like every other, and again, he caught a lot of balls, not a ton of yards, but it felt like every grab was just a wow, a wow, 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 wow grab. Um, who do you got? Yeah, okay, let's flip to the defense side of the ball. I think, I think kind of four dudes stood out again. Uh, Smith had another big game, ten tackles, TFL, fast events, a hurry. Uh, looked like, like uh, again, another. Big riser at the linebacker position. Uh, the Temple transfer again. Arnold Ibiketti. I, I didn't hear his that name. That sounded before. good. Yeah, I don't know. Good try. Good. Uh, still, I think looked looked. It's still so impressive how he's jumped from Temple. Um, getting pressures, three hurries on on Bosif Nix this week. Couple tackles. Uh, looked good again. We got a hey. How about JPJ Joey Porter Jr. I thought he had a really nice game, and obviously the, the play yeah he did. There. Yep. Uh, f- five tackles, big dude too. I think this was kind of his coming out a little bit. Not not like a massive game, but a really good game. And lastly, uh, Mr. Ender himself, Jaquan Brisker, who just ends football games like you said when we're sitting beside each other. Uh, the pass breakup at the end, I mean, should have been a pick, but it's okay. Uh, six tackles. I think just him looking good in the uh, passing game too helps him a lot because we knew he's, he's really good around the line of scrimmage. But him, him making a, a bunch of plays in the passing game is it's going to be really big for his stock. And look, as, as stupid it is, and how much scouts say it's not important, uh, throwing on the tape and him ending football games is going to endear himself to a lot of scouts. Well, I think. Yeah, Wisconsin and Auburn, big which, games. Yeah, two, yeah, two two top twenty five games. Brisker ends them, and I don't know. I just love the way he plays. He's such a physical yeah. maniac and. He just seems like he plays with a lot of heart uh, and seems like kind of the alpha of a defense where you just name several dudes who are, are legit prospects. And yep. He's kind of 
the one that sticks out the most in my head. I think Brandon Smith's the one with the the highest ceiling, but yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, Br- Brisker's a badass. Yes. Uh, well, you stole half mine, um, but that's okay. Uh, I'll, I'll, I'll jump back to that Florida-Alabama game. I mean, the, the slate of games wasn't too exciting. We had the Florida-Alabama game. We had the Auburn-Penn State game as the two big ones. Uh, on the losing side of the Florida-Alabama game, Kyrie Elam played an awesome game, and he got a little bit banged up. Yeah, but he he broke up three passes. He was called on a DPI that I think was pretty ticky. Shit, this is back. Um, yeah, yeah, and, and but he he looked great when facing John. He John Mechie did nothing against him. He he kept Jameson Williams quiet. He looked like uh, a first round corner throughout that game, um, using his length and his. He I, I think one one of the things I was kind of concerned with uh, regarding him over the sum, summer was finding ball in phase and i think he did a fantastic job with that and he looked really fluid yeah um when he when he would um mirror and then um kind of break out of his pedal and chase and uh just use that length so well and such a fantastic athlete with that size i thought he had a great week i totally agree i i would have had him here but i put him i put that matchup for prospect versus prospect matchup between elam and and mechie and yeah i know he definitely did that that pass interference was a bad call uh so i don't even i'm not even gonna ding him for that uh mechie like you said just didn't do anything that the three pass breakups um like you said just big fluid um he's an aggressive dude yeah like i think you kind of said that like finding the ball in phase and like mixing with his aggressiveness i think that's kind of a recipe for disaster at times but uh he was doing a good job he was doing a very good job finding the football um elam's really fucking good elam's really really good and i think this is a good a really good corner class, man. Yeah, it's shaping up to be that. And, and, and you know what? We we weren't um, totally sure what we thought about the safeties after Kyle Hamilton mm-hmm. uh, and, and uh, your guy Hill and Joseph at Northwestern. But, I mean, we just talked about Brisker and Nick Cross, both from the Big Ten. Yeah. They're, the, the safety class is getting kind of interesting. Yeah, I think – I don't know if this is a little all over the place, but I, I don't think Nick Battle is Sean, and I know a lot of people were fans of his. We weren't we weren't big fans of his. Um, Jordan Battle, Jordan Battle. Oh, sorry, yeah, Jordan Battle. Um, sorry, uh, Catalan though at Arky has Sean too. So yeah, I think I think it's gonna be a really interesting class. It's a good yeah, good secondary class. Uh, I'm gonna stick on defense. I'm gonna move to the front though. Uh, Could have easily been my outplay the box score, but I got another corner there. Um, George Kurloftis from Purdue, baby. Uh, two tackles, half a sack, half a TFL. Looked a lot better than that. He played all over the front. They moved him around. Yeah, uh, flashing that power that he's got. Uh, coming off the the COVID year, like I think I think Karloftis is going to be uh, first round pick, and he's he's showing it. That's I mean the Notre yeah. Dame offensive line is good. I mean obviously they they've got the injuries, but that's still a big game to, to come up in. I mean statistically it's not amazing, but he, he looked it looked really good. I, I also want to add that it also helps them that some of these other edge rushers, there just isn't a clear-cut top guy in this group. Um, and I, I think he's very much uh, – sorry, I should say, okay, outside Aiden Hutchinson. Outside Aiden Yeah, Hutchinson. and I mean, I mean with Thibodeau but be, like, being banged up, that, that helps. And Thibodeau being banged up, yeah. Like, he he's very – he's shining a lot. I've got another guy who's sh- – Shondelon? Shond. Uh where you have a guy like I know Zach Harrison didn't play against uh, Tulsa, but he he's been a disappointment and um, 
yeah, I, I think Karloff's just doing a ton for himself. And he feels like a guy who people aren't going to watch a lot of Purdue games throughout the year. So, yeah. And I know, like, the, the draft Twitter world knows how good he is, but I think there'll be a big boom on him uh, as we actually get closer to the draft. Agree. Uh, who's your next guy? Uh, Kenneth Walker, the Michigan State running back, did it again. Helped uh, the Spartans upset Miami in Miami. Who would have guessed it? I would have. 172 <laughs> on the ground, also caught a touchdown. He he's uh he's been exactly what we hoped he would be for the Spartans, yeah. the bell cow at running back, which you you weren't totally sure um would happen necessarily, uh just because they have some experienced backs there, but he's taken that job and he he is the like he carries their offense. He's number one in the country in rushing yards right now with four ninety three, and his his uh his combo of physicality but short area quickness with some burst in there like he just rips off chunk run after chunk run after chunk run and miami's got some nfl uh prospects on the defense and he was unstoppable he he's almost got uh he's like 100 yards away from having his most yards in a season already yeah this this transfers worked out big time for kenneth locker like you said not sure if it was if they're gonna let him shine. That's I think that's the word of the, of the day. Uh, but they definitely have, and he's looked phenomenal. And and just to keep this uh, going on that game, uh, not a lot of players have shined for Miami. And, and but Charleston Rambo did this week. I wasn't that, sure where where to put him, but I think he. he Good idea. I, I I wasn't either. I knew we needed to mention him somewhere. Yeah. I I kind of had some other guys I wanted to mention for the transfer portal one. Um, but I'm glad you brought him up because I, I ended up putting him down here too because he was kind of the only thing going for Miami. Yeah. He had a huge game, 12 catches, 156, two touchdowns. Literally, I think it was the only thing going for Miami. And, like, Derrick King, I love him so much, but real up and down and just, just not getting it done. But but Rambo was. And that's that's really interesting because the Miami pass catchers, outside of the tight end position at least, Miami wide receivers the last couple of years have been uh, terrible, really terrible. And so, so Rambo just f- finally kind of getting that first steps there, um, getting his feet wet, making a big plays. Uh, I think that's that's huge for the Canes as they move into the ACC schedule. Hopefully, not getting embarrassed uh, there. Want to want to move to uh, sliding down? No, let me let me throw two more quick ones. Uh, I oh, like, okay. I think you're going to name one of these though. I okay, maybe I won't. I'll, I'll try to I'll try to fit them in somewhere else then. Sliding <laughs> okay. down, I don't have too many guys. I. I I put Spencer okay, so Rattler at the top, though. I, I think you can – like, it's almost not worth – like, saying Caden Slovis almost feels like low-hanging fruit. Yeah, it is. Spencer Rattler is definitely the one – because especially with the way Matt Corral played. But, yeah, Rat, Rattler, like, box score-wise, okay game. Nothing special. But against a Nebraska defense that looked horrible against Art Sitkowski. <laughs> um, and it was a lot of, like – He'd make some throws where you're like, this is why he's a first-round pick, just in terms of the ball, the or sorry, the velocity he put on the ball. But then there'd be so many different times where he'd just chuck one up. Yeah. There was a, he missed a couple deep balls, and he was there was one on the left sideline, I think, of the third quarter, where a guy just had three defenders all around him, and he just chucked it up anyway and got lucky it wasn't picked. He had another where he tried to hit Jeremiah Hall uh, on a curl. Uh, on the right side of the field, and the like, the safety was like beside Jeremiah Hall. He tried to rip it in anyway. Another dropped pick. So he he had I would say at least two dropped picks. Um, 
and it it was just like boneheaded decision making. Yeah, it was like he looked like he did early in his freshman year, and obviously the hype going into his in, into his season last year was crazy, and we all expected well maybe he can win the Heisman right off the bat, and then. It, you know, early on he flashed and he made all these terrible decisions, and then he got better. And it's like, okay, going into his sophomore year, he's gonna fucking blow it up. And then he's back to like these mistakes he was making as a as an early season freshman, and that's that's really frustrating. I, I want to ask you something, and this might be stupid, but I want to ask you: uh, How poorly does Rattler have to play down the stretch for him to, to for him to go back to Oklahoma for another year? Because Going back feels like such a like I don't know. It feel, almost feels like if you're not going first overall, you can just go back and you got a really good chance to do it again. But the class is better, so that, that, that's my question to you. I think he would have to be throwing like several interceptions, or I don't know. I like he's not playing bad enough right now. Like I still think he's going to be a first round quarterback. Yeah. yeah, right now he hasn't played great, but he's still. Clearly, a top five quarterback in this class. Yes, obviously. I don't know. I don't know. It's it's way too early to say. I have no idea. Almost. Yeah, I know. Sorry. Almost like, but it's almost like if it was any other school. I feel like the decision to come out would be a lot easier. Do you know what I mean? Because it's like, it's like giving another kick at the can. Again, it's so fucking early. I'm getting way ahead of myself. But if it doesn't go great this year, and I still think he's gonna be a first round pick, but if it all doesn't go great this year, getting another kick mm-hmm. at the can at Oklahoma feels like. A smart decision. I don't know. Anyways, okay. My 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 uh, my next up for sliding down the board is um, we'll miss left tackle Nick Broker, who I really like, mm-hmm. and have, I, I think that he has a lot of fans out there. I liked him a lot over the summer. He really struggled against Tulane, and mind you, the the it was a very wet game, but <laughs> yeah. the offensive line didn't play very well. Matt Carl did a really good job of hiding that, and he got beat bad for a sack. He got beat a couple more times for a couple pressures. He struggled in space. He looked fine uh, for the most part in the run game uh, just when he was, like, taking the man straight up on him. But, yeah, in space, he kind of struggled. He, he he missed a couple blocks in space where he just didn't look all, all overly athletic. Um, but, yeah, his because he's a guy who I really like the technique from over the summer, and he just really was struggling to reach landmarks. His feet were a little sloppy. He felt like he was slow off the snap a couple times. Um, so I, I, I thought he stood out as somebody. In a week where there wasn't a ton, a ton of dudes who were bigger name prospects that struggled, I, I thought he was a, a good kind of middle-of-the-pack guy. Who yeah. I, I, disappointed I, me. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I don't really have, like, anyone else. Like, like that's, like, namely enough to uh, – No, I, got- I know. Because, like – my next one would be like like I wrote Ty Fry for okay. round who that was my next one very, too. He had but, a couple drops and did zero against Cincinnati. Just could not get open. I was that was my next one too, but I'm mentioning it later. So okay, well I'll stick in that game. Stephen Carr, the USC transfer. Yeah. He just I know that Cincinnati defense is great, but like he could not break a tackle. Yeah, no, I I totally totally agree. You know what? Here, how about speaking of uh, transfer running backs? Eric Gray hasn't hasn't been going back to Oklahoma. Eric Gray hasn't been too impactful early for the Sooners. Do you yeah. think it's just it just the offense on the whole just feels like stagnant at times? But yeah, like mm-hmm. he, I almost forgot while we were watching this game that Eric Gray is 
there and like he had a lot of carries and like he he didn't have a horrible game or anything it's just like he wasn't breaking anything yeah and he hasn't really just had those big plays and they've kind of been easing him in and it just might be just because he's a transfer but i think brooks has looked as good if not better than eric ray has and i know he's he's a transfer that we both hyped up a lot um so yeah him again it's so early though so i don't want to say say anything too too negative about that but no seeing him step up would be huge for Oklahoma and for him personally. Um, All right, yep. you, you want you want to keep the the train rolling then? Yeah, no, let's move out. Let's move on. Um, okay, I don't yeah. know where prospect has to be. Doctor Strange, <laughs> Brenton Strange of Penn State, the redshirt sophomore tight end who who's really playing like a true H back role all the yeah. time. Uh, he had the big touchdown against Auburn. He had another big grab, four for seventy one. Very much out of nowhere. Yeah, we were having fun because of his name, but he looked good moving. He did no. Uh, what what's he listed like six four two fifty six three two fifty six three two fifty yeah yeah so like kind of that that age backy tight end size I mean not, he's got the tight end weight but with the, the age back height like no he did look really good and every time he made the play it felt like a big play and like I said earlier it was it was Dodson was kind of the, the engine but um, Doctor Strange was was the number two. And, and former top three hundred recruit uh, in the I think twenty the twenty nineteen class, and uh, from West Virginia, um, country. Roads. But yeah, he 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 looks like in an offense where outside of Jahan Dotson, they yeah. really don't haven't been running the ball at all very well. Um, that still seems to be an issue after Journey Brown had to medically dec- yeah. uh, retire. Um, but Strange looks like the the number two weapon. Yeah, definitely. Because uh, who's the back? Noah Kane. He hasn't really stepped up at all either. No. No. Uh, no. Okay, I'll, I'll throw another one in here too. Uh, going back to that Friday game, um, you mentioned the the double pass touchdowns. How about one of the guys that threw the double pass for UCF uh, to Dylan Gabriel, uh, Ryan O'Keefe, who they yeah. talked up his speed big time. Um, he looks like a big play, uh, big yak threat. Had four for seventy three in a touchdown, and then, like I said, threw the other touchdown. It wasn't it was an easy throw, but still, it was fun. Um, he looks well, like a really he, interesting he, dude. Yeah, he had that opening um, that opening score. Yeah, uh, was it like forty one yard score, which Dylan Gabriel threw a really good ball. But yeah, he's flying on that, and they were really talking a lot faster. He's fast, that. yeah, I know they were. Um, and I did mention Jalen Robinson, but anywhere, but he's still great. Damn, a huge game, but I love him. Uh, what a catch! Well, he made that insane yeah. grab. Yeah. Yeah, no, he he had a he. Uh, you could almost say he outplayed the box score just because. It's a good point. I didn't put him there. Played, but that's a good point. He played a very yeah, me neither, but he uh, he played uh, quite a good game, I think. Um, prospect who made me look stupid. I'll go with Drake London, um, who I've been very down on a, a, as a wide receiver prospect from USC. When Jackson Dark got in there, uh, Drake London was just bodying dudes on the outside. He he had a couple yak ones. He had that that uh, wonderful touchdown grab, or uh, maybe one of Dart's best throws of the game, was kind of right down between the hashes with a safety right on him. Um, he did have two drops, and I don't, I still worry about the route running and, yeah. and the overall athleticism. But he looked like a power forward out there with Jackson Dart, uh, kind of just throwing him uh, alley oops. Uh, speaking of throwing alley oops, this guy and this. I'm I'm doubling up here. This this tight end didn't really do any. I got a lot of Indiana and Cincinnati talk here on out. I don't know why, but anyways, I put I put Desmond Ritter and I put Josh Wiley to combo it. Um, speaking of Ritter, Ritter, we haven't talked about him too much this year, and I don't think he was particularly 
bad against Indiana. I just don't think he was good and or great. And I remember last year, it's funny enough, I just pulled up this note randomly. I'm pretty sure I said he'd be a top 100 pick, like for sure. Or sorry, top 120. I caveat it by trying to sneak in the fourth round. Um, <laughs> and I don't know. I don't know. Like, he just really hasn't made any strides this year at all, in my opinion. And Josh Wiley, he just didn't stand out in this game at all. I think he had a, a couple drops, too. I think he had, like, a catch for four yards. Um, just one of those guys that we, I think I think we both liked in the in the, in the the summer that kind of pegged as maybe a big breakout dude. Um, bigger tight end, kind of kind of a really good athlete. So I thought he could be a good breakout. Um, obviously, they, they won. All's good in Cincy land. But I don't know. Ritter, Ritter hasn't made the made the leap at all, really, in my opinion. Wiley went for a breakup. Yeah. Now there's your boy Jerome Ford. No, that's another good. Yeah, just this this Cincinnati offense is just letting me down. Um, defense looks great though. Yes. Um, your boy Sauce. Best prospect versus prospect matchup. I'm gonna go with Abraham Lucas and Drake Jackson, who weren't facing off. Every time, Drake Jackson actually had a, a strip sack safety against Liam Ryan, the left tackle. Um, but just watching those two go out, it was really fun. I thought Abraham Lucas uh, got the best of Drake Jackson for the most part. Drake Jackson did get a pressure off him. Uh, but those two were just really excited to watch. Drake Jackson just has such a hot motor. And Abraham Lucas just moves so well mm-hmm. and, and plays very balanced. Um, Abraham Lucas is a guy who I, I don't know how much talk he'll get throughout the year. Yeah. But uh, this was a great performance for him for when people really do dig into the tape. Yeah, I know. Lucas's stock is going to be uh, interesting. Yeah, I agree with you, though. I don't think we'll hear about him, especially because Wazoo doesn't look good. Um, I don't think we'll hear about him much until, really, you know, we get into the depths of draft season. Um, I said mine was Elam uh, versus uh, Mechie and Williams, mm-hmm. I guess, if you want to throw in. Uh, so I'm going to move on, if I may, to Prospect yes. who played the box score. And I alluded to this one earlier, and you just mentioned his name. I put Sauce Gardner here. Um, Perfect. Zero tackles. One one nice they pass breakup. Even, Sorry? They, they, they were too scared to throw at him a lot of the time, too. Yeah, that's the point. Had the one target. I, I, don't, I didn't look at the targets. I, I don't have the, the money to, to subscribe to that type of info. But... Like, <laughs> He did have the one where, like, I was, honestly, I felt like he, he almost fished. He just, I think he got bored and wanted to see Penix try to test him because uh, I think is it was Fry is this Is this when you were just – this is when you started just to the room doing a monologue about Sauce Gardner and how much he's your favorite player in the country. He's my favorite player in the country. I don't know. Like, I, just, I think he's a he's fucking legit. That's all I got to say. He's legit. Anyways, Perfect like, because mm-hmm. – sorry, keep going, keep going. Okay. So, yeah, I just – he kind of fished, fished uh, Penix in. And then he showed that that big time recovery speed, and he's just like a big long dude, that's very fluid. And he's a big time athlete. I I love Sauce Gardner. And on the flip side of this, that's why I want to do a double outplay the box score. You look at Fryfogel's box score: one catch, thirteen yards. Absolutely shut him down. Absolutely shut down Ty Fryfogel, who has many a fans across the nation. Uh, not not too much in us, but but, but Sauce shut him down. He was just all over him all day long. And like you said, afraid to go his way. He, I think he had a I'm, great, great game. I'm going to stick on the Cincinnati defense and go with my Jay Sanders, who uh, on paper two tackles, uh, half a TFL. He was eating the Indiana uh, tackles lunch. I, I, I counted – I think he got only got credit with two hurries. I counted yep. four. Um, and he was forcing Pennington to some awful throws. 
he was just he was he was in his bag. It was a lot of hand stuff too. It wasn't that sounds sexual, but <laughs> it, it 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 wasn't just relying on his speed and his length. He was like he was busting out swipe moves. He looked great, and that's another edge guy who he he's the best edge prospect in Ohio. Sorry, Zach Harrison. Um, you know what I was gonna say about about Sanders is um. He hasn't had like the big start to the season. I, I think many expected, um, and, and I mean since he hasn't been under the microscope yet at all. But um, not not a big start. And like this game, yeah, like you said, two tackles, half a sack, a couple hurries. Um, Might have been more. QB hurries is the most, the least reliable stats I think. And QB hits. But anyways, no, I think this was a big, big game for him. I want to see him just absolutely start a uh, start cooking. Start cooking some some tackles though. Um, who'd you put for overhyped? Uh, Bo Nix because throughout that game where I I thought it was just a regular run of the mill Bo Nix game, there's people on Twitter talking about how he could win the Heisman, and I was really confused. And you're with me, and you're reinforcing my confusion. Where like he threw for 185 yards and 20 ran for 29 yards. He had a couple okay like nice back shoulder like seam throws whatever. And then I go on Twitter and people are like, yeah, Bonix might be the Heisman favorite. And then they lose the game. And, like, Bonix didn't look very good, I didn't think. I, I just uh, don't understand. what is it, is it his name? Is it Auburn? What what the fuck's up with this Bonix stuff? I'm so sick of it. I put Bonix, too, because I think this is the the tip of – no, sorry, the, the culmination, the, the tip of the spear here where, like, we've been hearing – he's been the most overhyped player in college football since – before he got on the field for Auburn. And I totally agree with you. I'm sick of it. He's never shown much of anything. And I think this is just like, I don't know, man. It's like some sort of Bonix delirium. Like, I don't understand where any of the... He's such a jag. He's such a jag. He is such a jag. Like, it's... Yep. He's going to be playing for Urban. Uh, yeah, probably. Backing up Trevor, baby, in uh, in the XFL. Um, <laughs> uh, okay, transfers who popped on the scene. You go first because I wrote two, and I want to see who you put as your one because I'm assuming it's one of them. Yeah, like I said, I'm going back to the Cincy-Indiana game where, um, yeah, like I said, saw shut down Fryfogel, but who was doing work for the for the Indiana offense? Old DJ Matthews coming over from Florida State who uh, had to step up, and he did. Um, working out of the slot a lot. He's a slight dude. I think he's like, let's say like 5'11", 160. Looks, doesn't look that small and doesn't play that small. He's quick, and he can win vertically. He had five catches for 120 yards. Had that really nice uh, release, and then the route it kind of just uh, duped the defender and got got vertical on a little uh, little like had the vert route. Yeah, go ahead. Had the touchdown run too on the reverse. Had the touchdown run on the reverse. Yeah, he looks like a really really interesting guy. Um. Yeah. No. He. I was gonna put him, but I also put a backup who. Uh, we thought would maybe show this sooner because he, he wasn't used that much the first week against Virginia Tech in the loss. Uh, but yeah. third game, Ty Chandler had his breakout against Virginia, got 20 carries, was clearly the number one back in this game, ran for 198 yards, two scores. Mm-hmm. It was just huge run after huge run. It was him and Josh Downs uh-uh, and Sam Howell. Those are the three, the, the three-headed monster of North Carolina. Maybe North Carolina now gets into that groove. Uh, the the week one loss was a, a tough look for Sam Howell and outside yeah. of Josh Downs, nobody on that offense was doing anything. Their O line looked bad. 
it looks like it's starting to come together. Vir- Virginia is not like a, a world-beating team, but the, they're a good football program under Bronco Mendenhall. And uh, Howell had a massive game. So did Ty Chandler. So did Josh Downs. I think those are those are the guys who are going to be the engine of this offense now. Yeah, they have to be. They, they definitely have to be. I put Ty Chandler for shooting up uh, because I had Matthews. Oh, first. okay. Yeah, remember I said I was gonna. I figured you're gonna mention one later. Yes. No, yeah, I yeah. Totally, totally agree with you. Um, oh, and small school guy. Uh, I mentioned my my ULL running backs that kind of cheated. Right. I'm really curious to hear who you got though. Uh, mine's an obvious one. The the guy who's running through the Ohio State secondary like it, it was uh, it, like it was, I don't know the Ohio Bobcat secondary. No, which that's mean, not nice. That's not nice. <laughs> It, it seems to happen every week where it's just pick your poison. Some receivers going to run through the Buckeye secondary. Uh, I think it's time for Kerry Coombs to go, but hey. Mm-hmm. Um, Josh Johnson, the, the Tulsa wide receiver, who's an Iowa State transfer. They were actually talking him up a bit too. Um, who, who's been like a, a consistent weapon for them the last two years, but he just destroyed Ohio State. Eight grabs, 149 yards, and a score. Flying by, really small dude, but just big time speed and, and uh, really gave it to the Buckeyes. Yeah, Tulsa's not a small school. You know what kind of sucks? If if St. Collins had another year in them and the, the guys didn't transfer on defense, this Tulsa team feels like they could have been like kind of like a little something special. Not that they weren't last year, but it's like oh, they they've been they've been hanging around. They just if they still had the talent, I don't know, maybe they beat Ohio State this week. I know, it's crazy it's crazy they're 0 and 3. Yeah, like, and they but- played Oklahoma State and Ohio State. Like I I know like Ohio State won forty one twenty, but that game was so much closer than that. Yeah, they they hung with Oklahoma State for the second year in a row, but they also somehow lost to California Davis. Yes, so like it's like I don't know. Yeah, and Oklahoma State uh, beat Boise State this weekend. Uh, that was a good win, and then their their favorite really tough schedule. Yeah, and they're they're playing twenty fifth ranked K State, but they're favored this week. So it's not like Oklahoma State's a slouch team. Yeah, the UC Davis game is just so. So strange, but yeah. no, yeah. Uh, okay, let's uh, let's uh, let's let's get into our college football picks of the week. But first, a word from our sponsors, Spotify Green Room. When you want to be in a green room, but you're not famous famous enough to be in one, why not head to Spotify? Where they've got green rooms for everybody. You can just go live from your green room at any time, and your followers will get an alert, and they'll tune in, and you can talk all kinds of things. It doesn't even have to only be sports. I know that's what they marketed it as, but it could be anything. It can be the Emmys. Okay, AJ. Good good take, good take. All right, on to our five picks of the week. Uh, I went three and two last week. I'm seven and three on the season. Yeah, I went two and three again. I'm four and six. I'm not, I'm not doing good here, Rob. I know, I know. Uh, I'm going to start us off with the big game of the week. Um, noon on Fox. The, oh, sorry, the big noon kickoff on Fox. Uh, they pay me to say that. Number 12, Notre Dame against number 18, Wisconsin. And good thing it's not on a school's campus because we saw how electric oh, yeah. Penn State Auburn was. Uh, this one's going to be a, a, a soldier field in Chicago. Perfect. Great. Um I hate that. I know all of Twitter hates it, and it's been hammered home this week, especially because how awesome it was that to have that Auburn-Penn State game at Penn State. Uh, but it's just so stupid. Uh, anyway, Soldier Field, number 18, Wisconsin, number 12, Notre Dame. I'm taking Notre Dame, plus 5.5. Uh, 
uh, Jackie Cone Revenge game. Wisconsin, mm-hmm. I, I'm surprised they're favored by this much uh, because not, like, neither of these schools have looked that great. Um, yeah. Notre Dame's, Notre Dame's playing everyone close. I think they play Wisconsin close. Can, okay, uh, let me quickly mention. Kyron Williams, sorry, Kyron Williams had a big bounce back game. Jack yeah. Cohn looked pretty good again. Um, that that defense is led by Kyle Hamilton. Purdue uh, was in it, but uh, I, I don't know. I just don't trust Wisconsin this year based off how Graham Mertz looked week one. Yeah, Wisconsin's nothing special. I, I'm also I also picked Notre Dame plus the points too. I, I fully agree with you. I mean. I don't trust Notre Dame either, but they got a little more juice, and like you said, they got Kyle Hamilton, um, and Wisconsin. I don't know. I don't know. Let me quickly say one thing about the the, the on campus thing. Everyone gripes about it. Soldier Field, like halfway ish, not really, but between Notre Dame and Wisconsin, and like it's a, I don't know, it's a cool venue. It, it's a better than like you know just throwing Arkansas and whoever in in. In Dallas, in a big empty stadium, that's not going to fill. This yeah, that's that, that, that. You're right. That one's way worse. Yeah, this the, one. the, I, the, like this Soldier Field's got to be full. Like, there's no way this this state it's not sold out, right? Like, I feel like Chicago's got to be all whiskey fans or Notre Dame fans and a couple of Northwestern fans, right? Like, I think that's gonna be. I think the environment should be actually kind of cool. Like for for a non-campus game, it's gonna it should be better than usual. I agree. I agree with you though. Okay. Like on on at Wisconsin Madison, jump around would be cooler though. Anyways, yeah. I'm going to go to the big game of the week. Thursday night, 7.30, ESPN. Give me give me the rooting interest here. Marshall at App State. Uh, Thursday night in Boone. Ain't nothing better. Give me the Mountaineers. Uh, minus seven and a half. Uh, this, is a good, this is a good matchup, though. But I, I know you're down bad when you're picking these types of games. The rest of my games are, are non- nonsense games <laughs> i just it's not down bad it's like i want to second screen it and i want something to, to cheer for and i love my mountaineers since i became Fair. a mountaineer fan when they beat us in 2007 did yeah. you you're not picking notre dame wisconsin no no i'm taking notre dame too i took i took notre dame oh, okay too. sorry i missed that okay okay so the, the that was i feel like having one group of five game a week is a good call because i got one too partially because the slate sucks and cbs is showing this game uh at noon, Boise State at Utah State is the CBS noon game. Yeah, yeah, that's I like that, but that's strange, right? I think because like they have a deal with the Mountain West, but it's usually like on CBS Sports because they show the the championship game too, right? Um, mm-hmm. But mm-hmm. it is weird. It definitely is weird, and they haven't shown like Florida, uh, Alabama is like the only game they've had so far. It's yeah. been a really uh, weird start to the year for CBS. Anyways, yeah. Okay, so at Utah State, Blake Anderson's got Utah State playing really good football. He does. Uh, he's, he, he, I mean, he came over from Arkansas State. He knows how to win in the G5. He's got, mm-hmm. He brought Logan Bonner and Justin Rice with him to Utah State. Those three, I think, have been the catalyst for the Utah State turnaround. Plus nine at home. Yes, please. I'm taking the Aggies. I like it. I like it. I'm going to move to the other CBS game, the 330 CBS yep. game, the SEC on CBS. Uh, Texas A&M, minus five and a half. Uh, lots of five and a half. I got six. Week. I got six. Okay. Well, let's, let's let's set up in a sec. Uh, Texas okay. A&M at Arky. We both taking the pigs, though, right? Uh, I never bet against my pigs. I'm an Arkansas fan. Okay, they, so we'll move it up to six. Help then. me against Well, you Wait, no. do bet against them, so. I do. I I learned my fucking lesson. No, let's let's bring it down to five and a half to to make it half a point harder. Bring it down to five and a half. Yeah, because we're we're only getting plus five and a half here. Um, Yeah, I I learned my lesson. Don't bet against the pigs. 
in Fayetteville. And Texas A&M obviously has not looked great. Hayes King has gotten hurt, obviously. Um, I don't know. No one's stepping out for them. I thought they learned I, their lesson. They saw they saw Texas coming to Arky. I thought they just canceled this game. <laughs> just I, I think the two two reasons I feel good about taking Arkansas here in Arlington, Texas. Wonderful. Um, one, Tamu was so good last year because they they had uh, what did they call their offensive line? The Maroon, the Maroon uh, Goons, baby. Yeah, thank you. And Kenyon Green's the only one back, and the offensive yeah. line hasn't looked very well or very good. And the quarterback play has been sporadic, and Haynes King's been hurt. They just don't seem like they have an identity right now. Um, and Arkansas very much has an identity. To me, yeah. th- their offensive line is playing great football. K.J. Jefferson's not a conventional quarterback, but he's a hell of a lot of fun. And he can rely on his legs when, when – uh, they don't have the passing game going. They have a potential first round wide receiver in Traylon Burks, who's a dude. I'm ready for his They've big got... breakout game, and this this could be me... the, the perfect spot. Yeah, uh, yeah, me, yeah, I, I like that take. Uh, they got a, a potential NFL running back in Traylon Smith. Like they they've got dudes on that offense, and then you jump to the defense. The defense has the best linebacker core in the country potentially in Bumper Pool, Hayden Henry, and Grant Morgan. Plus, you got Jalen Catalan, who you already mentioned earlier at the top of the show at safety, who's a, a legit top five safety prospect like they have so much talent and they're a really fun team and i think sam Pittman is is a hell of a football coach and i really love this team uh pig suey baby yeah i i absolutely trashed the sam Pittman hire and i look fucking stupid now and i also did not realize this game was in dallas but it does not change my pick in the least um yeah i mean uh, until Tamu convinces us they have it. Like, I, it's crazy because Tamu's got three NFL level playmakers in Isaiah Spiller, Devon. Uh, how do you say his last name? Ackman. Shane. I can't say it. Thank you. That makes way more sense than what I was doing. And then Ania Smith. And they have Jalen Weidermeyer. Like, they have so many weapons, but if they can't figure out the quarterback position and the offensive line, then uh, I don't know. I don't know. This is, a, this is a really good game for DeMarvin Leal to have a. I was about to, to remind say. everyone he's a, one of the best prospects in the country. Yeah, he hasn't had a takeover game yet. He, I think he really needs it. But no, Sam Pittman's an old, old line coach, baby. He's not going to let him do that. I'm very excited for this game. I'm not. <laughs> but it's, it's, but it's the a game, good one. The game we're both the most excited for is the game for AJ's true love. 3.30 ABC, Rutgers at number 19, Michigan. I'm taking my Scarlet Knights plus 19. Rutgers is back. Greg Schiano knows how to build football teams only in New Jersey. Only in New Jersey. I love Rutgers. I love Rutgers football. Uh, Fatu Cassie's going to end some lives on Saturday. I didn't pick this game. I am not going to say a lot about this game. I don't like that I now have a Rutgers email address for no reason. If Michigan game will give me an email address like I deserve... I would pick this game and go blue all day. Also, I'm cheering for Michigan, but I'm, I'm not touching this one. I will go to the game for my uh, SEC love, 7 o'clock, ESPN2. Uh, Kentucky at yep. South Carolina. Yep. Yep. The yep. Wildcats are minus 5.5. Lots yep. of 5.5 spreads this week. I am taking the Cats. Uh, Zeb Nolan. <laughs> Zeb Nolan is not it. Uh, whatever the backup they, is. So, they got Luke Doty back. They got Luke, Luke Doty back. Luke Doty. Also not. He's it. also not it. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> but he's the undisputed QB one. I heard. 
He's undisputed QB1. Kentucky did not look great this week. Uh, but it's, it's against Chattanooga. <laughs> but it's Chattanooga. And it's their, it's their lull week. And they're going to come back yeah. and let, let Rodriguez run. Let Levis knew- uh, find Wandale. Yeah, they, it's going to be a bounce back game for the Cats. They played like no one was watching, and they were right. They were right. But yeah, yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm with you. Plus, Chattanooga might be better than South Carolina. Have we considered that? Um, no, we haven't. But they might be. So, South Carolina seems terrible. Uh, yeah, I, I don't know. Kentucky's one of the. Kentucky is my favorite SEC team. The same way, actually, Kentucky and Arkansas. Yeah, uh, that's almost a big. Kentucky, sport. Arkansas, and Rutgers are just my favorite three teams in the country. So I, I picked them all. Them. Yeah, I respect that. <clears throat> My that last pick. Picks? No, I oh, got okay. one more. Uh, what used to be your favorite team in the country? West Virginia, 730, ABC, going to OU, playing the Sooners. I, I'm just going back to the well here where I learned my lesson picking against Arky uh, last week. I learned my lesson picking against West Virginia this week. But I mean, my heart's always with the Hokies. Um, I'm going to take West Virginia to cover 16 and a half. Two touchdowns and a field goal. I feel there's a lot of points. Uh, West Virginia just got to let Letty run. Just kind of grind it out the game and hang around with Oklahoma. Oklahoma doesn't look like – I mean, they should have covered against Nebraska. If they didn't cover against Nebraska, why are they going to cover against West Virginia, who's a lot better than Nebraska? And it's five points less. West Virginia is better than five points better than Nebraska. That's a lot of saying better. I'm taking the Mountaineers to cover. I don't think they're going to win, but I think they're they're a gritty team. I think they're just gonna hang around with the Sooners. All right, I love it. I love it. I'm. I wasn't excited for this week. Now I am, because I'm excited. For, I'm very excited to watch Rutgers, Arkansas, and Kentucky. Like I said, my three favorite teams. Marshall and App State is better than the NFL game on Thursday. So. Uh, 